Alright, so we are in our series called Next Time Will Be Better, and um, we are looking at the things that we deal with on a regular basis. Those are the things that we messed up with, or we had a bad situation with, and um, we want to know how not to do it the same as last time, right? Now, uh, let, me, let me pause for a minute and just thank you guys for coming to our first service. You, you're opening up some seats and chairs for our second service, which is greatly appreciated. And um, you're probably wondering, well, what are we going to do when we go to two services? What happens is Labor Day, everybody's gone, right? And, and then uh, we'll come back. Believe it or not, we've got a lot of room in this room to work with, and we're going to make some changes and things like that and try to keep that unity with one service as long as we can um, and then go to, back to two services. So, um, so we are looking today at another aspect of how to make next time better. And we talked about two weeks ago that we need to own it, right? We all have some part that we messed up with in the last time, right? Whether it's your career, whether it's um, the, the relationship you were in, whether, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. You've got something that you messed up in, even if it was just a little bit, and we have to own that, right? You can't move forward unless you own what your part of the pie was. Last week, we talked about rethinking it, rethinking it, and we, we told ourselves, you know, anytime we get into those situations, we always look back and go, what was I thinking, right? But it's just kind of a, a, a question you ask, and the thing is, if you answer it, you have le- a less likely of a chance to repeat it, right? If, if you go, what was I thinking? And then you answer it, well, I was thinking that if, you know, we move forward in the relationship, that it would change. Or I was thinking that if I did this, it would be the right career move. But that wasn't right. So I don't want to think that way again, right? And so uh, you can go back to the podcast and listen to that if you dare. Um, today, I want to talk about what to do when it's not our fault, right? And everybody, we save this for the last because this is what everybody wants to know. Right? What do we do when we have a situation and it's not our fault, right? Now, most things, there's some of your fault, right? But what happens, you know, he, he's the one that left, right? She's the one that had the addiction, right? I, I got fired and I was doing the right thing. Right. Those are things it it wasn't my fault, but yet I'm the one who's punished. I'm the one who's left to pick up the pieces. I'm the one who's struggling to make ends meet. Right. Now, I want to do something here and you can participate or not. um, But I want to give everybody a cotton ball. And so take one cotton ball. Here you go. Sea bass. Just one. One cotton ball. Yeah, take them and pass them back. Take them and pass them back. Here, I'll let, I'll let y'all have the bag. <laughs> she doesn't want a cotton ball. Um, all right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a little competition. If you want, you don't have to, but everybody go ahead and take a cotton ball. Anyway, now, we're going to take the cotton ball, and if you want, if you want to try to participate and you want to try to win this little competition, going to last no it's not you're nothing throwing at me you wouldn't you wouldn't make it to me i've got one five dollar gift card to cold stone creamy which is, is the greatest ice cream on the planet it's not that frou-frou 
ice cream that's all popping up everywhere now, right? It's fat-free. What, what's the point in eating ice cream if it's fat-free? That's, that's the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Uh, so I've got one for uh, the, the guy who wants to participate in wins and one for the girl who wants to participate in wins. Um, and here's what we're going to do. You're going to hold the cotton ball in your hand straight out for as long as possible. And the last person to have their arm out wins. You don't have to participate. You can't rest it on the chair. It's got to be out. And uh, one, two, three, go if you would like to participate. This is going to be hilarious. There are a lot of you guys who are... Pro- wow. All right, so while you're doing this, this is going on all service, okay? So some of you are really into this. This is great. Um, the... The other day, I'm driving down the road. Actually, we were leaving uh, yesterday from working on the, on the uh, railing out there. And this guy cut me off, right? And my weakness is driving. When it comes to driving um, and people cut me off, that's where I get angry, right? I'm like, oh, you know, what are you doing? And I start talking to the guy. And, and a lot of times, the family is in the car with me. i got three kids. And Leave always tells me, she's like, they can't hear you. They, they don't know what you're, what you're saying. They, they can't hear you. And so what I realized is this. They are controlling me by cutting me off. They're controlling me, and they don't even know it. They're controlling my family because I'm getting angry, and I'm talking to them, and my kids are watching me, right? And, and they're, they're learning how to deal with bad drivers in the worst way possible. Now... Is it hard to concentrate when you're holding your arm out like that? Yeah, this is laughing. All right, well, just hang in there. Focus here. Now, here's the thing. When others hurt us, when others hurt us, we can do two things. We can hold on to it, or we can release it. And no, I'm not going to tell you to release your cotton ball yet. We may have a disqualification here. Oh, no, she's pulling down on you. Oh, that's going to be tough. Um, So here's the thing. If we hold it in, here's what happens. You begin to get anxious. You begin to get angry. You begin to get mad or depressed or violent or or desperate. Whatever it is, holding this stuff in does not help. And it only makes it worse. It leads to to more pain. It leads to more stress. It leads to, to stomach ulcers, right? And heart attacks and anxiety attacks. And here's the thing. Even though they are to blame, even though the other person is to blame, you still have a responsibility. I still have a responsibility for what I do with that blame. I have a responsibility for my next action. Now, two weeks ago, remember, we talked about, okay, I have to own my own junk. I have to own my own problems. And if I don't, what happens is, it enables me to smuggle my own stuff forward into the future. I can smuggle my stuff into the future, and I can blame my way into the future. I can't blame my way into a better future, but I can blame my way into the future. Now, with this, when it comes to other people's stuff, if we don't deal with their junk that has affected us, it enables them it enables them to affect us in our future, and they may not even be in our future. We're still dealing with it in our heads. They're out of our lives, and they're still controlling us. We've been there, right? Something happens. You're sitting there. You're talking to yourself in the mirror, right? You just, and all of a sudden, 
Well, if this happens, this is, I'm giving you a personal example. My wife will walk in, she's like, who are you talking to? I'm like, nobody, nothing, don't want no, nothing, nobody. No, I'm talking, I was just going over my message, you know, something. All right, I was just dealing with this issue. Now, here's the question I want to ask you. I'm going to look at, look at uh, Ephesians 4, just a minute. How far into the future do you intend, do I intend to carry that angst that was created in my past. How far into the future do I intend to carry the angst that was created in my past? Now, your automatic, answer, your automatic answer is, I don't intend to carry it at all. But if you don't deal with that pain and you don't deal with that stuff, then you carry it. How long do you plan to allow the people who mistreated you to influence you? Now, you can take out a calendar, and you can ask yourself. This is the calendar that we get from our local uh, realtor, gardener realtor uh, uh, person, right? It's, uh, this is a friend of Lee's mom, actually, um, Evelyn Cohen. Evelyn Cohen. Um, nice lady, if you're looking for a house. Um, so uh, you get a calendar, and you pull it out, and you say, how long am I going to let that person affect me? I mean, am I going to do it, like, till next week, two weeks? Next month, am I, am I going to wait until my next marriage is busted up? Or when I go, do I have to go to college? What, what is it going to take for me to restart? And here's the thing. You can ask yourself this. How long are you going to let the people that, if we're honest, we don't even like affect us? Right? All of the pain is real. But how long do you want to carry it? Now, in Ephesians, Paul addresses this issue so incredibly well. He says in Ephesians 4.26, 4.26, it says, In your anger, do not sin. Okay. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Now, in the Greek, this is actually be angry and do not sin. Okay. Be angry and do not sin. So, it's okay to be angry. There are things that will make you angry. But you cannot let it influence you to turn against God, to turn away from God. There's a time and a place for anger, but it's a proper place. Now, Paul goes on and he says, do not let the sun go down while, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Now, this is great when I leave my clothes on the floor too long. Drives leave nuts. I mean, just crazy. How long are you going to leave that there? Okay, I can pick it up. All right, will you forgive me? Yes, I forgive you. Sun hadn't gone down. We're good, right? But when it comes to the big bad stuff and the tough stuff of life, this is difficult, right? It's not like you can, the sun's down. Oh, we've got to make this work. We've got to change everything that we're feeling here. It doesn't work that way. And Paul's not saying, listen, by the sunset, if you haven't dealt with this big, bad, ugly elephant that's in, your, in the living room of your house, of your life, then you're in trouble. Okay? It's a, better, a better way to put it would be, how many sunsets are you going to go without dealing with this stuff? How many sunsets will you go? Is it going to be five years from now that you finally deal with it? Or do you want to start to deal with it now? Verse 27. This is a great verse. This is a verse that, that uh, I love 
and, and have, have constantly gone back to in my life. And do not give the devil a foothold. This word foothold actually means staging area. It's a staging area, okay? And here's the thing. We cannot open the door up for the devil to easily work in our lives. We can't act on our raw emotions. We can't wait and say, you know, I'm just going to let it all loose. Because what happens is the devil looks at that and he says, I can use that. Oh, that's, that's good stuff right there. This is going to be great. I'm going to destroy this person. Paul uses the word deceiver for the devil. The, the, de- the word devil means deceiver, liar. And this isn't like Halloween. It's not like, oh, this playful little minion, right? He is the father of lies, and his job, his sole purpose, he wants to destroy you. He wants to end you. Now, here's the thing. We probably all have some situation that we've dealt with in the past where somebody has hurt us deeply. If you took that person's name and put them in place of the devil here, They are not the devil, please understand that, okay? But if you took that person's name, and do not give Jason a foothold, it changes things a little bit, doesn't it? You're kind of like, okay, well that seems easier to deal with. It makes perfect sense, right? And Paul is saying, if you allow the sun to go down on your problem, and you don't deal with this, then you are allowing blank to get a foothold in your life. <laughs> Attaboy, Steve Bass. Good job, buddy. <laughs> we do not want to give the devil a staging ground in our hearts. It only leads to worse things. There is a time and a place for anger. Verse 28 and 29. These are the things that you can give the devil a foothold with. It says, he, he who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with his hands that he may have something to share with those in need. Now you're probably thinking, all right, I'm good there. I don't steal. You know, I pay for my packs of gum and my groceries and all that kind of stuff. But what about like music? What about the movies, right? Pay for Netflix, right? Or what, are we kind of getting a few things here and there? that we don't pay for. Artists are paying for those. Companies are producing those. It is stealing, right? Oh, it just got uncomfortable, right? Verse 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Listen, this is more than cussing, right? This is more, this is, this is, just the way you think and what comes out of your mouth. Notice what it says we should do and how we should speak. We should speak building in in a way that builds others up, right? We should speak so that it benefits other people, right? Everything that comes out of our mouths should benefit. Now, verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, and along with every form of malice, right? You think, okay, uh, I'm pretty good at that. Maybe the anger thing, I get a little angry sometimes and bitter. Maybe I don't, I don't go out brawling too much, right? And slander, I'm, I'm pretty good with that. But notice what it says. It says, get rid of. 
In other words, you must decide. This is an action that you have to take. This isn't like, oh, it's just going to go away on its own. This is, you have the responsibility to get rid of it. I choose to no longer prosecute that person for what they did to me. You have to choose to do that. You have to choose to get rid of these things in your life. Verse 32, and this is, this is the greatest part. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. I just said it. Forgiveness, forgiveness when someone hurts you is simply a pardon. A pardon is you are guilty, but I'm letting you go. A pardon is we're not watering down what you did, but I'm going to show you mercy. Mercy is, and we talk about this a lot, mercy is not receiving the punishment that you deserve. I am no longer choosing to prosecute you for what you did. Here's the thing. As Christians, as Christ followers, we have a huge responsibility in this. And yet, this is one of the things that we see the least when it comes to the body of Christ. We see this so little. If someone breaks the law, you call the police, okay, obviously. You take care of that, okay. You're not saying, oh, you forgive them for, for something that's against the law. But you can forgive them in your heart. You can pardon them, okay. The government may not, but you can, okay. But we have a responsibility to, to forgive. And to not prosecute. Now here's why. I don't know if you remember if you are a follower of Christ. But the reason we do this is because we were actually pardoned by God. Forgiveness is a reflection of Jesus. We are to pardon as we have been pardoned. So we have to decide that they are not accountable anymore to the the stuff that they did to us. And so the question you want to ask is, okay, have I decided to move past this? And I'll give you a little cliche of a line here, but it, it, it resonates. Your past should remind you, but not define you. Your past should remind you, but not define you. You have to decide and move forward. Yesterday we were... Um, driving to a friend's party. It was a surprise birthday party, and uh, we, it was a Hawaiian thing, so Lee and I were wearing, like, matching Hawaiian stuff. You know, the Warners actually gave it to us, if you all know Nathan and Amy. I had the shirt on, and, you know, she was wearing this Hawaiian dress, so we were excited, and we're getting on the interstate, uh, on the access road, and the car just dies. I mean, just boom, like, shuts down. And I think, I think it was the alternator, and it went out. i got to look at it today. So I call AAA, because we have AAA, and, and I say, hey, uh, we're here. And uh, he says, okay, tell me where you're at. And I tell him, and he says, oh, okay, so you're on this street. And I said, no, we're not on that street. And I know New Orleans is crazy for people who are out of town. My dad comes into town, and he goes nuts. You know, he's like, ah, U-turns, I don't understand, you know, all this stuff. And so, <laughs> so I'm sitting here telling him, and about the fourth time, he starts getting aggravated. And I mean, 
aggravated. He says, you're on Utica. And I said, no, we're, we're not on Utica. We're on the access road. And I'm keeping calm. And he's just, he goes, he, gets, he escalates more and more and more. And he's starting to scream at me. Like, I know where you're at. I'm looking at a map right here. And I'm like, no, we're not on Utica. He really wanted us to be on Utica. I don't know why. And so I said, I said where are you located at? And he said, I'm in St. Louis, Missouri, but I've got a map. <laughs> and I said, well, I don't know what to tell you, man. I said, because I'm on the access road. And, and the thing is, I'm the one sitting in 95-degree weather, and you're screaming at me in your air-conditioned cubicle. And I wasn't, I mean, Lee was sitting right there because I had just gone over my message. So I knew, I was like, I'm not going to let this guy, you know, and I'm not going to do this blame, and, and I'm not going to do that. And, and he's just like, I know where you're at. I'm going to send somebody. I said, no, 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 no. I need somebody else to talk to. Can you give me somebody else? And he left me on hold for forever, and I just hung up, called right back, got somebody else. It was perfect. Right then, they came, they got us, <laughs> but it blew my mind. And I had the choice because normally in that instance, I'd be like, dude, you better back up. You know, I just I just I get riled up and, and, and I can't do that. And so I sat there and I was just like, I just need to forgive the guy. If I'm going to talk about forgiveness tomorrow, I need to I need to have it in my heart today. Right. And it all boils down to that one word. If you want to release it, forgiveness. Forgiveness allows us to leverage the lessons from the past without carrying around the luggage from the past. Now, releasing it, it's not some stupid new agey thing. It's all about forgiveness, and you have to release it to God. Okay? If you don't have a relationship with, with Jesus, it's going to be very, very, very difficult for you to forgive, for you to release it, for you to let it go. So I want to encourage you, Grow, start a relationship with Jesus, grow in Jesus, okay? And here's the thing, um, the deeper your relationship is with Jesus, it directly correlates to this. Because the deeper and the, and the more, you, more time you spend with Jesus, the more you will give him when it comes to this blame. The more you will say, you know what? God, you're in control. You take care of this stuff. And I mean, I know you guys, you guys, we've all got stuff in our lives that's coming up. And we can do nothing about it, right? You can't control the other person's heart, right? I mean, I can barely control my heart half the time, right? So and I'm, I'm, that's what we do. We just need to sit down and just say, God, I trust you. And you need to do something that's very important. You need to pray. You need to pray for your heart. You need to pray for their heart. Right? That's easy, right? Wrong. It's really hard to pray for somebody that you blame for messing up your life. It's really hard. But it's the right thing to do. Remember, that person is not the enemy. The devil is the enemy. That person is a human being loved by God who can know God's grace and mercy and his love, even if they don't know it right now, the devil is our enemy. And he may have that person tightly wound around his finger, but God is the one that can pull those fingers apart and draw him to himself. I realize what I'm asking is one of the hardest things that you can do in life. It's so hard to pray for somebody that has hurt us. 
but it's the right thing to do. If you hold on to it, it's, gonna, it's all internal. It's heavy at first, right? You got the cotton ball. Sebastian, how heavy was that cotton ball at the end? Was it pretty heavy? No? Was your arm heavy? Yeah? Yep. This is, this is what your blame does. At first, it's real light. But the longer you go in life and hold on to it, the heavier it gets. Don't be consumed with blame. Don't be consumed with the things of life that can affect you and don't need to. If you will do this, if you own your part first, okay, you can't, you can't jump straight to the part where you, where you blame them and, oh, I'm going to forgive you, but you don't deal with your own part. You've got to own your own mistakes first. And then you answer that question, what was I thinking, so that the next time you walk into it differently, and then you deal with the pain that others have caused, you're going to live and see that you're going to live a much healthier life. And you're going to be able to make sure that next time is better than the last time. But if you cannot forgive, it's going to be really hard. It's going to be really hard. But if you do, if forgiveness becomes a part of what, what you do on a regular basis, your life will change. All of a sudden, this stuff is exactly what it is. Nothing. But it, it involves a lot of prayer and a lot of forgiveness. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for what you're doing in our hearts right now. I don't know the people that we have in our minds. I know the people that are in mine. And Lord, sometimes there's a lot of people that we want to blame. But we don't need to. We know that you are in control. We know that you are in charge. So Lord, allow us, teach us, show us how we can let go. Show us how we can release this and be free of this and get this weight off of our shoulders so that we can look to you and serve you and love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.